to be with him. Amen? Amen. If you got your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to go to a lively book this morning. Yes, sir. We're going to go to Acts. Yes, sir. Not, not giving you the Acts, but we're going to Acts. <laughs> Some of you might need the Acts. I don't know. We'll find out when this is over with. Woo! Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be in the house this morning? Man. I think the piano's still smoking over there. Somebody want to fan that thing off. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Acts, and we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. Because I believe that there is an urgency for this hour. And so I entitled my message this morning, What Time Is It? Now I know that when we begin to think about time, we look at our watch or we look at the clock and, and we're, you know, if I said what time was it, many of you would tell me. There would be variances of minutes here and there because not everybody's clock is set the same. But there's one clock that has always been set from the beginning of time. And that's God's clock. Amen? Amen. God's plan is always on schedule. There is nothing about God's schedule that lines up with yours. And how do I know that? Because God says in his word, my ways are not your ways and your ways are not my ways. Praise God that my ways aren't his ways. <laughs> We'd be in a heap of mess. God's timing is, has been right throughout the ages. God has never been late. His timing is impeccable. Sometimes we don't, we don't see that. Sometimes when we're praying and we're pressured and there, there are things that are up against, we're up against certain things and certain times, we feel like that he is late. We're like, where is he? What's going on? And then when it doesn't happen, we feel like, well, God failed us, but God has not failed anyone. We have to understand, church, God is never late. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, the former treaties I have made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After he, after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passing by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but I shall baptize thee with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Whew! What power is given in that verse? John baptizes with water and Jesus is going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Amen? You know, I, I, I hear pastors say a lot of times, and I've heard it said on TV too, 
Well, you know, speaking in tongues, were those were for yesteryears. I don't believe that. I believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for today, for the empowerment of the church today. Not yesterday, not last week, not 2,000 years ago, but today. And I believe that a lot of times we rob God of blessings because we don't seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He empowers us with that. When you use your heavenly language, when you pray and you begin to speak, He empowers you with that. Amen? How else do you get through the week without not having the Holy Ghost operating in your life somewhere along the way? I don't know about you, but I'd probably crash a truck or two if I didn't have the power of the Holy Ghost operating within me throughout the week. But that's a message for another time. As a pre-commercial. When they therefore, they came together and they asked him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of Israel? You got to remember, during these years of Jesus' ministry on earth, the disciples continually wondered about his kingdom. When would it come? What would be their role? They had these questions. This was a question for the hour. They, they wanted to know all these things. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and of all Judea and of Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Wow. Jesus has said right here, I have given you the power to be my witnesses. Church, the church is not witnessing today. The church has fallen asleep. Lord, will thou at this time restore? They're wondering about the kingdom of Israel and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. They're worried about trivial little things when God has a much broader picture for them. I believe that there are parallels to that time and today. And the answer to the question of the hour, I believe, is what we need to address for today. It was time for them to wane upon the Lord. We saw that in verses 4 through 8. They were waiting for the promise of the Father. That promise was the coming of the Holy Spirit. We are to wait for the coming of the Son. You see, they were waiting for the infilling. We have the infilling. Amen? Amen. We have been empowered with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Jesus lives within us. And because he lives within us, we have the power to do the witnessing. But you know, I read a poll some years ago, and it wasn't that long. Do you know that only 23% of Christians confess that they have witnessed for Jesus Christ? 23%. That means 23 out of every 100 people who profess to be Christians witness the name of Jesus. That's astonishing to me. 
You know why it astonishes me? Because Jesus has given us the boldness with the power of the Holy Ghost to witness. And so that tells me that somebody is not entrusting the Holy Spirit to empower them to witness. What are we doing? Come to church, take a little siesta on the back pew, on the front pew, in the middle pew. It doesn't matter what pew. Wherever you can get your eyes closed, just, just take a rest. Being empowered by the Holy Ghost isn't time for rest. It's time for work. It's time to get on fire. It's time to do the work that the Holy Ghost has called us to do. Their waiting was to be a time of prayer. We know this because of what they did. They gathered in the upper room. It was time to pray because of the coming of the kingdom of God. Church, we need to be praying. It is surely time to pray today. The threatening situation throughout the world. I mean, I've turned on the news this week and I rarely do that. But I, I got a phone call and I listened to the news. I can't believe another mass shooting this week. And I said to myself, as I was listening to it, I was like, how many people entered into glory? How many entered into hell? Isn't that a strong thing when you think? And I'm thinking to myself, none of them should have entered into the kingdom of hell. Because we should be doing our part as the body of Christ and witnessing Jesus Christ, empowering them with the cross. The Christians, we are now a tiny minority compared to the world's population. Have you thought of the things that Christians could do if they would consistently do what the Word of God says day in and day out and we just continue to pray without ceasing? Do you imagine the things that could be changed in our world that we live in today? Because we would pray? Without prayer, the church can't survive. We have seen churches, mega churches, shrinking and disappearing because we have now gotten to this online thing. We don't feel like we have to fellowship together. I know that's a big ouch for people, but that's what's happening. That's what's happening. People are no longer fellowshipping together. They're stepping away from what the Word of God says that we're supposed to be doing. Forsake not the fellowship of gathering together, which some of you are in the habit of doing, and there are a lot in the habit of doing. This pandemic is of the devil. How do you say that, Pastor? Because it has destroyed the church. Have you guys forgot something about what the Word of God says? Do you remember what, what, what the devil's job is you know what it is kill steal and destroy and he's going to do everything he can to kill steal and destroy your relationship with jesus christ and he's working hard at it and you know what the world is falling right into his hands remember in the garden what did, what did the Lord say about the serpent? 
He was the craftiest of all the creatures in the garden. I'm going to just tell you this right here, right now. Just, I want you to just put this little nugget in your mind. He has not changed his goal or his function. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His mission has not changed for you. So you got good and evil. You see, God isn't standing over you with a ball bat beating you on the head saying, you need to get to church. He's just standing over your head beating on you saying, you need to do this and you need to do that. No. He's allowed you to have your own free will. And so the devil knows this, so he has crafted all these things up so that he can make a division between you and God. And he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. It's time to be witnesses for the Lord. Ye shall be a witness unto me, it says in verse 8. There is a job to do, a world to reach. No, that hasn't changed. That goal that God has set in our hearts has not changed. It's not been altered in any way. We may alter it, but he has not altered it. He has not changed his plan. It just astonishes me how most churches are falling short in the witnessing department. They were to wait, then to witness. You say, well, pastor, I don't know who I'm supposed to witness to. The word of God says, I will provide the hearers. You just got to allow yourself to be the, the oracle, the instrument in which he will use to witness to those. You have to be willing to step out and say, Holy Spirit, use me today. In whatever way that may be, allow him to use you. But it takes boldness to do that. And guess what? Jesus said, I'm going to give you that boldness. I'm going to give you that authority in my name. So Jesus has done that. The difference between their situation and ours is God's next grateful or next event for them would to be empower them through the Holy Ghost. Our next great event will be for us to end our witnessing because he's going to call us all away. Church, you may be the last Jesus that people see today. What? Jesus may come this evening. Jesus may come by lunchtime. You may be getting that pot roast out of the pot and poof, we're gone. And somebody's going to have to come to your house because you'll burn up the pot roast. Listen. It was time to be in one accord. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They continued in one accord. They begin to pray. They begin to stay fast together and, and, and seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were doing what Jesus had commanded them to do. They were staying together. The times were too serious to delay witnessing. Church, that time hasn't changed. World issues are changing. The devil has not. 
What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing to, to change the world for Jesus Christ? How are we changing the world for Jesus Christ? Well, Pastor, I come to church every Sunday. But are you allowing the empowerment, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost to change your life that when you leave out of here, people see Jesus in you? See, a lot of times I don't believe we're doing that. You got to remember, their, their experience was fresh. Remember, they saw Jesus ascend into heaven on a cloud. Remember, the, there were two men in white garments standing beside him and saying, why stand ye gazing into heaven? In like manner in which he went, he will come again. I think they were standing there like, okay, how soon will he be back? He's going to bring the kingdom. How, how soon? You know, they're all, they're all standing looking up. I think that's the problem with the church today. We're still looking up and not looking out. You see, I believe we got to look beyond. We, got, we know Jesus is coming. His word has told us that he's coming again. And we read here that he's coming again. In verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while he beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, received out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heavens, as he went, two men stood in white apparel, which said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So why are we standing ye gazing? We've been given the promise that he's coming back. So therefore, we need to focus on the boldness of the Holy Ghost. We need to understand that he lives within us. He resides in us. And we need to use that empowerment to witness to the world that we live in today. Because the world is being destroyed right before our eyes. Killings after killings after killings. Every time I see it on the TV, when I think about the little boy and his mother in Riviera Beach that were... That was the little boy, seven years old, killed. The mother shot several times. I keep saying, how much worse is it going to get? It just, it just reinforces in me that Jesus is coming soon. It just it reinforces me that I have to keep sharing with the boldness of the Lord that he's coming. I saw a woman standing on the corner of Military and Lake Worth Road yesterday. And she was holding a white sign with a black magic marker on it. It says, Jesus is coming again. And so I just, I'm like three cars back and I'm kind of, you can see people's reactions in certain cars. You know, some people wouldn't, didn't even want to look that way. But some people did look, and I could see the questioning look on their face. Like, what is she talking about? And I thought, wow, 
here's a lady with a homemade sign. Not saying anything to anybody, but saying Jesus is coming again. She was not afraid to step forward. She wasn't worried about what people were going to say. And I'm sure she got some ridiculing marks from people or passers-by as some are in the habit of doing. But her sign couldn't speak more truth than what was written. You see, church, there are times in our lives I believe we have to speak up. That's why I always buy these pens and, and I give them to you to give out. It simply says, Jesus loves you. And we'll get some more. And all you have to simply do is leave the pen with someone else. Because pens are something that people keep. I don't know why, they just do. And to be reminded that Jesus, every time they use it, they have to see Jesus loves you. What an inspiring message that people will see every day when they look at that and when they see that. I was talking to the pen company the other day and they sent me a new pen in the mail that has Victory Fellowship Church. Jesus loves you. That's the biggest. Everything else is smaller print, but Jesus loves you is the biggest print on there. And underneath it says, govictoryfellowship.com. Now they can log on to the, the website and they can see the message. They can see the messages and those that, that are there. You see, church, we have to start doing more. We have to start doing more. Why? Because the task at hand is urgent. As it was urgent in their day, it is urgent in our day. That message has not changed. Church, we're missing a lot of people and wider is the road that leads to destruction. And it's getting wider by the day. The early church met the challenge given to them. But church, my question today is, will we meet the challenge that God has given to us? Are we meeting the challenge? Are we doing our very best to reach the world for Jesus Christ? Or are we just saying, Pastor, you had a good message this morning. It's not about here. You understand? It's not about here. It's about out there. It's about those who don't know. It's about those who might be watching this morning for the first time and have never heard about Jesus before. But now they know. Now all they know is to simply confess the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and they shall be saved. God didn't make it hard for us to come to Him. He didn't make it impossible. You didn't have to jump through hoops. He just simply said, confess the Lord Jesus Christ and ye shall be saved. How simple is that? But you see, some people back off because guess what? They know about your history. They know about where you used to be. They don't see where you are now. They know about the, the old you. But you have to show them the new you. You have to demonstrate the new you. 
You see, church, we have to turn the Lord, the world upside down for Jesus. We can't just continue this maintaining this, this status quo, as they say. The status quo isn't working. The maintaining is not working. We have to get totally 100% on board and we have to move forward with Jesus. With everything that he has placed within us. With every being in our body. I, I know, you know what church, I know we're an older congregation. But what is the greatest way that you've seen God move? Prayer. Nobody is too old to pray. Prayer changes things. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst. Where any two or three agree on any one thing, what does he say? It will be changed. It will be changed. What is wrong with two or three ladies gathering on the telephone? Not squabbling, but praying together. Praying together. Agreeing together. Church, we as a body of Christ have to agree together in order for things to change. Prayer is hard for one person. I tell you, I, I, I've probably done more praying this week than I've done long. I struggled with this message. I was here for a little while yesterday. I, was, I, I couldn't get one word to come to my mind. I was an emotional wreck. Yesterday, I, I even called my wife on the way. I said, I'm an emotional wreck. Don't, don't even try to understand me. I said, now I understand what women go through sometimes when they say they're an emotional wreck. I was weeping, and I don't know why. I was upset. I don't know why. I got disturbed about things. I don't know why. I had all these emotions because there's so many things going on, and, and my head gets packed full of stuff. And sometimes, and I, was man I, I managed to bring it all to an end. I simply sat on the front chair here, and I just began to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. For 45 minutes, I just simply said the name Jesus. And Jesus began to speak to me. He said, if the world will just speak my name, I can change all things. And he led me to this passage of scripture. Church, it's all about Jesus. And when we begin to speak the name of Jesus, Jesus begins to allow things to happen in your life that you've never thought possible. If I asked many of you to just take a few seconds to reflect back to where Jesus has brought you from, it just astonishes you. It astonishes me where Jesus brought me from. But what's more outstanding and astonishing is where he's going to be taking me to. Church, have you ever thought about where Jesus is taking you to? 
We all have a promise. He has gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, praise God, we will be also. Hallelujah. He has made that promise for you, but he doesn't want you to come by yourself. He has empowered you with the boldness of the Holy Ghost to be a witness for him so that somebody else comes with you. Praise God. Just think of the people's lives that you may be touching. You don't know who they are, but when you get to heaven, they may approach you and say, thank you. Thank you for speaking that word. Thank you for that pen that reminded me that Jesus loves me. We have a message, church. We have a message. The message and the mandate is right here. Don't say I can't do it. Can't never did nothing. But I'm telling you, with the power of the Holy Ghost, you can do all things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens who? You. What are you doing with the message that he's given? The message is simple, the message is factual, and the message is very simple. When they said, who shall we send? Who's he sending? He's sending us. He's sending us. No matter what trials and tribulations you may be going through, no matter what situations your homes may be going through today or what you may be facing today, let yourself know this, that Jesus is alive and well. He is on the throne, ready for us, ready for you to do the work in which he's called you to do. Father, today, I thank you for your message. I thank you, Lord God, that you have called us to be bold witnesses. Not little mice, but bold witnesses for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, your life was surrendered on the cross. You gave your life that we would have the boldness to declare the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You've given us the privilege to have your word, the whole word. But Lord, I pray this morning that we will not be a church any longer that loses its power. But we will be a church that is empowered through the power of your Holy Ghost. Lord, give us the boldness, the confidence, the insight, the ability, and the authority to do and fulfill the mission that you've called us to do. Jesus, you're our Savior. And Lord, we know that we can't experience anything without the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we have an experience with you. We have that relationship with you. Lord, help lead us to others so they can have that same relationship. And we'll give you the power, the praise, and the glory 
and the honor for these things that we ask today in Jesus' name.